With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, what up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's Dan Beyer. Jay Stu is uh, off the uh, IRDL whatever, and he's back producing. We got my man Chris Perfett on the ones and twos. Happy New Year to you. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. The vehicles are all electric. The feelings all Mercedes. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQS. I'm sure. Like, here's the good thing. Like, I don't have to say, hey, be safe on New Year's. You know, avoid all the nonsense, whatever. Because if you're listening to the show, if you're on the West Coast, you know, hopefully you've, you're up and you're going to work. You're out and about, as they say. Or if you're on the East Coast, like, you've, you've made it. We're here, 2024. I will point this out about all the great feelings and thoughts of the new year and how fresh it feels, Dan. I should point out it's an election year, which means it's going to be com- a complete poop show from about, <laughs> I don't know what, September until November, and then, as we saw last time, maybe even through January. So, good news is we got about like six, seven months to really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, 2024, we are here. Man, I just – we haven't talked about the Broncos and the quarterback change and Russell Wilson. I don't know. We don't have time really to talk about the NBA. Well, how about we'll – let's pocket – Bowl talk for about 15 minutes. we got to get ready for tonight's doubleheader. Of course, the Rose Bowl, uh, which was really destroyed by conference realignment because there's no more Pac-10 or Pac-12, so there can be no more Pac-10. But they could have had. I would have still done the Pac-12, Big Ten one last time. But instead, we have Michigan, Alabama, and then we have Washington, which I think we are – People are dying off with the whole Washington idea. Remember people say Washington for a long time? Yeah, I don't hear and much anymore. It, 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 it's, it's gone away, thankfully. But we have Washington or Washington taking on Texas in the nightcap. But can we take a second and go, hey, was Football America wrong, Dan Beyer, about Jordan Love? Is, is he a dude? Sure looked like it the last uh, couple of weeks. 
Um, just picking apart the Vikings. The Vikings, I, I have no idea what was happening with their quarterback position. I thought maybe they thought Jaron Hall was their, their quarterback of the future. That lasted about a half. And uh, Jordan Love looked magnificent last night. And it's so funny because you just, the Packers are basically in the same situation that they were a year ago entering week 17. So now it's Jordan Love's opportunity to maybe right or wrong that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do last year when the Packers couldn't beat the Lions. Packers just have to beat the Bears at home, which is now easier said than done considering how well Chicago's playing. And and then you take into next year, right, where they have a bevy of draft picks, Aaron Rodgers' money comes off their books, and Jordan Love's playing for, what, like $8 million next year? I mean, obviously their, their thoughts are, I can imagine if we make the playoffs, but think about what they're setting themselves potentially up for. And David Bakhtiari's money probably com- comes off next year as well. It feels like he won't play football anymore, unfortunately, because that knee. But it's crazy the position that the Packers appear to be in. And, 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 and by the way, their defense, completely in shambles. May not have been shown last night, but Packer nation has been wanting Joe Barry to be gone yes for a for a long long time and so doing this without a defense that I think that they relied on or wanted to rely on earlier and haven't been able to do it this young receiving core stepping up but yeah Jordan Love just may actually be that guy it's insane uh would you what did you think about the Broncos what was your I know you had your show yesterday what did you think about the Broncos deal <sighs> there's a lot there. I didn't I didn't I thought that Sean Payton got a lot of heat, Doug, but um Jared Stidham wasn't much different than Russell Wilson yesterday. I, you know, and so the whole we're trying to win win number eight and he's the guy that we need, I think that's all baloney. Of course. They look they, they were once they were out of the playoffs, they want to be out of the Russell Wilson business. I mean look, and I can tell you what I've I've been told by some people in Denver, you know, that that, that that Sean, uh, he's frustrated that Russell doesn't process nearly as fast as one would think based upon his experience and his, you know, normal level of intelligence. I mean, he seems like a super bright guy, but he doesn't he doesn't think he processes well. He doesn't see the middle of the field. And, you know, as much as we like to compare Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, the only thing that's comparable is their size. The style of play is very different. And a guy who, you know, made his living out of the pocket with a great and accurate arm and also a very good athlete. He's not as athletic and his arm isn't as good. And he doesn't really run the offense the way in which Sean Payton wants to run it. And oh yeah, by the way, he's checking out a place that Sean Payton wants run. So uh, I think if we track back to when Sean Payton originally turned down the job, right? I mean, he obviously wanted the Chargers job. I mean, that was pretty obvious. It doesn't get that, spread in the media or he could be unless Sean Payton wanted that job when he didn't get it and the reason he wanted it was he liked the quarterback better than like the quarterback in Denver and remember there was a while they could not hire a coach how many people turned the Broncos down three or four guys turned the Broncos down and we could say it was about ownership whatever it feels like it was about Russell Wilson and I'm sure he only took that job with the hey listen I'm gonna take this job but if I want to get rid of what Russell Wilson, it doesn't work. I want autonomy. I want to be able to do that. And once they're out of the playoffs, that's what he did. And uh, I, you know, I, I think that it's going to be fascinating because everyone thinks, well, the 
the Steelers, who, by the way, we haven't even talked about the Steelers, right? Mason Rudolph, just solid quarterback play. Suddenly they look like a playoff team. They're above 500 yet again. We know that Mike Tomlin record. But everyone thinks, you know, these Atlanta and the Steelers, and they're going to go after Russell Wilson. But how many teams have acquired a quarterback on his third team who his previous team or two thought he was kind of washed? How, how often does that actually work out? You know, how often does that work out? Go, go ahead, Jay Stu. What did you make of uh, how everything played out last week, though, with Russ? Um, like, for the first time in quite some time, Russell Wilson was a sympathetic figure in how that whole thing played out. And that was, by the way, by design, very well orchestrated. Um, as soon as the Broncos said that Russ, Russell Wilson wasn't going to start, the PR campaign from his camp started, and I think it worked um, because for a while there, we're thinking, man, the Broncos are a bunch of jerks. Like, who who interferes with a season like this by going to him with this contract demand? And where did you come out on that? Who won the week? Well, I mean, I, I've just been led to believe by people in the NFL that, kind of like you said, everything is inauthentic with Russell Wilson. That it's that it's it's a lot like Sean Payton said. He likes to kiss babies. He's a He's a senatorial candidate. And I, you know, I think that Sean Payton wants to win football games. And if he thought that Russell Wilson can win in football games, he'd still be the quarterback. Find a way to work it out. You know, find a way to work it out. And I, I understand. And to people who are like, well, the NFLPA needs to get involved. What are you talking about? This is a negotiated clause in a contract. I mean, and if you can find a way around the clause, you find a way around the clause. And by the way, if Russell Wilson is really at the level that the PR campaign would lead you to believe, that money's out there, right? He'll get his, what is it, $39 million, he'll get cut, and then he'll get a new contract. If he gets a new contract in the $20 million, $30 million a year variety, which is you know below that of the top, top guys are making 50 well, then somebody's going to bet that, that the, the Broncos were wrong. The likelihood is that he doesn't get a big contract and then he's got to do a prove it contract. And those usually don't do well either. So uh, where I came out, I came out as Russ being Russ. And people are like, man, this is just so gut-wrenching to hear Russell Wilson. Like, dude, stop. This has been Russell Wilson his whole career. (laughs) He's an amazing politician, an amazing politician. But the guys that know, like, again, the, the, those all those Seahawks dudes, those are real guys. Those are real dudes, and they were all they've all always rolled their eyes at Russ. So I I this is to me it's just Russ being Russ, Dan. I don't. Yeah, you know it's funny because w- when this news kind of came out on Wednesday because it wasn't official until later in the afternoon, but was per you know uh, building up with the reports. It it just kind of dawned on me that it felt like Sean Payton was hired to do this to Russell Wilson. That he was the one, because there are very few coaches that can do what Sean Payton did. And I'm not talking about berate him on the sidelines. I'm just talking about benching him, period, and doing it this soon into the contract. And, Doug, considering how long this has been going on, it it lends to the fact that I, I think that that's why one of the reasons why the Broncos hired him even more so is this has been going on for two months, now this back and forth. 
And now for for Peyton to finally pull the trigger. And again, Jared Stidham was no different than Russell Wilson was. Maybe a little bit worse than Russell Wilson was in yesterday's win. But I just think in the end, like when you look at the Peyton hiring, he wanted to go to the Chargers. That didn't happen. Dang. Cowboys, we've always connected. That didn't happen. Uh, wasn't going to happen. So there's Denver. And Denver's probably like, you know what? We've got this albatross of a contract with a quarterback that now hasn't played well in two consecutive seasons. What are we going to do about this? Sean Payton's the only guy that can do that. Yeah, and I don't think he would have taken the job unless he had it like, hey, man, if I want to get rid of Russell Wilson, I'm going to get rid of yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, for, and, and for people who don't think that's right or that's fair, listen, I've, I've said this on our show, on my show, as you know, Dan, you're part of it. Okay, I've said it on other shows. It, this is a lot like the coaching hiring and the quarterback. Do I think that other factors, whether it's race or other things have come into play in the past in hiring of coaches and quarterbacks? You want to go back 30, 40 years? Sure. Can't deny that. But as Sean Payton said, this is what every person in the NFL I've ever talked to is like, the only thing that matters is if we can win. I, that, that's what that's the beauty to professional football is literally the only thing that matters. Grades don't matter. Mom and dad doesn't matter. Feelings don't matter. Nothing matters. Can we win football game? Because if we win, everybody gets to get paid and everybody. No one has to like no one has to move their family again. <laughs> you know, so if you think a decision was made based upon, well, they doesn't like him. He may not like him if he thought he could win football games with him. He'd still be the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Ru- Russ, doesn't. And, and Russ has been taking so much heat, Doug, for however long. This turnaround that the Broncos had midseason, I, I think it was maybe more about their defense than it was no their offense. And so then all of a sudden now, there seems to be this groundswell of support for Russell Wilson because they don't like how Sean Payton handled it or the Broncos handled it. But it's also like, well, why would they want to be on the hook for an extra $40 million if they don't have to? The writing's on the wall. Like, all of that makes sense. And, well, I just, it was, it was handled poorly. Well, Russell's a big boy. You know, like, like, yeah, we're all adults here, right? He can handle it. Listen, you, if you don't like an injury clause in a contract, don't put an injury clause in a contract. Remember, Russell Wilson, his whole deal was, the reason Seattle was ready to move on was he wanted a big new contract. They didn't want to give it to him. They didn't want to give it to him. And and Denver took him because the quarterback they wanted, Aaron Rodgers, agreed to a new deal in Green Bay and stayed there for another year. So they had Nathaniel Hackett and they're like, ah, this will work. It was a disaster. A disaster. And sure, Hackett looked completely overwhelmed as head coach, but so did Russell Wilson as a player. But if, if you don't like the – like, don't be complaining about the contract after the contract, the ink has been dry for a year and a half. That, that doesn't make any sense to sure. me. And, and to people who are like, what is the NFLPA? The NFLPA has done a magnificent job in their PR of making it seem like the owners are the big bad wolf. Right? Like when they save, if they save this money, somehow they're going to put it in their pockets. That team is owned by Walmart money. Do you think they care for one second about saving? No. What they care about is all that money and how it affects their cap. That's what they care about. If a a GM saves some money, that money doesn't go in the GM's pocket. It goes back into the pool. So they go to get a better team. 
Right? Because when you get a better team, then you win more games, you win more games, you get a new contract, you get to stay gamefully employed, and you don't have to go find a new house for your wife, a new town, a new school for your kids. It's pretty obvious stuff here. Like, we're massively making about something that it's not. So, does he love Russell Wilson? Like, no. And, oh yeah, by the way, that's the second or third head coach that probably rolls their eyes at the whole Russell Wilson thing. You know, it just is. But again... I think this is purely performance-based. Is the contract an albatross, as you said? Absolutely. But we have this thing where we think, you know, the NFLPA has done a great job that the owners, well, they don't have guaranteed contracts. Yes, they do. They are absolutely guaranteed contracts. They may not be fully guaranteed. Why would you fully guarantee a contract? How's that working out for Deshaun Watson? (laughs) You know? I mean, even Kirk Cousins, who's had a magnificent statistical run in Minnesota, like dudes out with the Achilles tendon tear, he's got fully guaranteed contract. Like these things, it's not a sport where you want a fully guaranteed contract for more than two years. It's just not. Guys fall off. Guys get hurt. Things change. Systems change, whatever. But people will are really believe in the world that when owners or GMs you know, cut a guy or save money they put in their pocket. It's not true. They believe they don't have guaranteed contracts. It's also not true. It's just in terms of the length and the years and the money. You know, and we had this with running backs to start the year. Like, oh, man, these running backs are just like, okay, so tell me the highly paid running back who's lived up to their contract. Maybe Christian, Christian McCaffrey is the guy. And even Christian McCaffrey's missed time. And as we pointed out, like the Carolina contract was awful. He didn't get hurt the first three years, signs an extension, couldn't stay healthy. And he's the best running back in the NFL. He's the outlier. You know, Derrick Henry feels like he's over the hill. Right? Can't play that way anymore. And then pick out all these other guys that have big contracts. I mean, Indy was like, we're not giving our running back a new contract. They give the running back a new contract. He can't get even get on the field and stay healthy. What are we doing? We have this, I, I continue to believe that our American society, we have a massive issue with anyone who we feel like is an authority. We feel like there's something nefarious at work. Hey, somebody's got to be in charge. And there's got to be some sort of rules to this thing. And if Russell Wilson didn't like the contract, he shouldn't have signed the contract. But he did. Dan Byer, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan the Danettes. Coming up uh, next on the, Doug, uh, on the uh, Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, bowl season has been to say a mess, uh, is to, it's like walking into your child's room and there's stuff everywhere and going, yeah, it's a little messy, but could tonight save it? We'll discuss next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning to you, Stan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. With Dan Byer, I'm Doug Gottlieb, Jay Stu, Jason Stewart, our esteemed producer, and of course, Chris Perfett and the ones and twos. We're all wishing you a very happy new year. Does feel like Happy New Year is the one holiday, Dan Beyer, that violates the um, prices right code, right? Where you can't go over. You can't like you. You still have like a you get like a week over. Yeah. Yes. So Happy New Year to you and New Year's Day, which used to be the greatest celebration of college football ever, still has a lot of football and two great games. I think great games tonight, but what's led up to it has been. A mess. Like I just, I, I, I you're right. I, no, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, here, here. Let me, let me just do a. I will welcome in Brett McMurphy. Um, he can join. Brett McMurphy joins us, College Football Insider with Action Network. And 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 Brett. Um, by the way, I'm broadcasting actually from our alma mater. Um, Dan is a huge Ohio State fan, and we're all college football fans here. I just, I've never liked the opt out thing anyway. I, I don't. I understand 
professional football. I know there have been a handful of bowl injuries. I do understand that there is a, there's a uniqueness, especially to the running back position where a guy can get hurt. I, I just, what we have now with the portal opening before bowl season's over, and of course, you know, you got to do the early enrollment if you want to transfer. Really, it's about portal, which everybody blames the portal. It's not the portal. It's the fact that you so because you can play right away, you want to transfer right away so you can play spring football, you got to enroll right away, right? That's, that's the whole logic behind it. But, I mean, this is such a bunch of crap, you know? <laughs> you, you play your – because 95% of these seniors are literally never going to put on a helmet and shoulder pads ever again. And you're on their team. We're told this is the greatest team sport ever. And it's the most selfish move. And I understand there's a certain level of, A, your business. I I got it. But if we're making them professionals by paying them, why are we paying them for not completing the task? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's awful. It's a mess. And people can say idiots who have no bowl game experience, have never dealt with it, never had no idea. They're like, well, they've always been mean. They've always been meaningless games. I've always been in these games, but it's a celebration of a quality season with your brothers that you've spent four or five years with, or at least since August with. I just, can you find any sort of sunshine in what we've seen so far in bowl season? Uh, Happy New Year to you too, Doug. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Well, when you put it that way, you know... Bowls have drastically changed, but college football has totally changed. So it's like everything's changed involving college football. And now, you know, I understand what you're saying. So we want bowls to remain the same, but yet everything else around it has changed. That's impossible. Um, I'm here in Pasadena for the Rose Bowl today. I was talking with some some folks the past few days just about, you know, what's going on in college football. And, you know, we talked about the 12-team playoff starting next year, which everyone's looking forward to. Some people think it'll devalue the regular season uh, to some point, but I, it's still not going to just diminish the games that go on during the regular season. But somebody mentioned, you know, that the, the, the old, you know, great coaches, the Bear Bryants, the Paternos, et cetera, they could go, they could go nine and two and win a bowl game, that would be a great season. Why? Because college football was regionalized. You, you just needed to be good in your region. You just needed to basically win your conference, and that was enough. That's not enough anymore. You not only have to win your conference, then you have to go to the playoff, and then you have to win the playoff. And if you don't do that, um, you know, 132 teams are not satisfied, and only one team is satisfied. Um, and you kind of look at, you know, Ryan Day, you know, has had great deal of success at Ohio, at Ohio State. If he had that same success at Ohio State 10 years ago, they'd be celebrating him. But because it's in the playoff era, um, because also he hasn't beat his rival, um, you know, people are questioning how successful he is. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart off back-to-back um, national titles and then wins a – you know, non-playoff bowl. It, it would, by some would be considered a down season at Georgia. Our, Nick Saban told this story a few years ago, the year they, they lost, uh, maybe in the kick six to Auburn. I forgot what year it was, but he's during the summer, he's with his wife. They're at a little diner. They take a picture with this older couple. And as they take the picture, the, the older lady says, don't worry, coach. 
um, it, it'll be better next year. And he thought to himself, we lost one freaking game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the expectations are just through the roof. But with the, with the bowl set up, with all the opt-outs, there's got to be drastic changes. People have recommended moving the bowl games to before the season, um, you know, have better cal- caliber matchups, letting the, the bowls pick whatever teams they want. Uh, throughout conference tie-ins, um, I'm not sure how that would work, but it's just a new era, and we've just got to get used to it. And that's not going to—I don't know if I solved any of your problems. I'm sure I didn't, but I'm afraid it's—it's it's just going to get worse. We're probably going to lose some bowl games, I think, with the 12-team playoff, because I don't think you'll be able to fill all these games. And I think we're going to get the point. I had bowl directors tell me this year they were afraid that teams would opt, like a team would opt out after accepting a bid, say we don't have enough players. We certainly didn't get to that point. I think we got close. You saw Oregon State. You know, you saw how how um, depleted Florida State was. Um, that that's not good for the bowl system. Let's actually talk about the games because that's another point of this: is that the Bulls have given no and like build up to what we're going to have today. You said you're in Pasadena. Uh, it, is it odd that we're only just talking about Jim Harbaugh possibly going to the NFL? Does that help Michigan today against Alabama uh, as, as they're about to play at the Rose Bowl? Yeah, well, I think obviously Michigan's a unique story with all the stuff going on with the NCAA, with the sign stealing, with Harbaugh, you know, polarizing figure, um, suspended half the, basically half the season. And here they are in the playoff, third straight year they're in the playoff. Uh, Michigan's lost six consecutive bowl games. Uh, they have not done well in the playoff. You know, that's going to be a, a, a focal point of this game. Um, you know, I, I keep going back and forth on this, on who I think actually is going gonna, is gonna to win this thing. Um, my heart tells me it's going to be Alabama. You don't bet against Saban when he's an underdog, a rare underdog, against a team not named Georgia or not named Clemson. Uh, but I just think, for some reason, I think Michigan's a little bit better. Um, I think the key is going to be if Michigan can, can shut down Alabama's running game and Force Jalen Milrow to beat them. I think they'll. I think they'll be able to win this game. But it, it's going to be fascinating because the storyline, win or lose, is is this Harbaugh's final year in the in uh, in the NCAA? Does he move on to the NFL? What do you think? I Doug, I thought before the season this would be his final year at Michigan, and that was before kind of everything hit the fan. Um, but again, it takes two to tango. You know, is there an NFL team out there that wants him? If there is, I think it's probably likely. This is not, you know, inside. Uh, no sources are telling me. It's just my opinion. I believe this would be his last year. You know, I think by the time the NCAA makes a decision on whatever penalties they are with the Michigan program, that Harbaugh will probably be in his, his second year coaching an NFL franchise somewhere. When you look at what's happening in New Orleans, um, Texas and Washington, we know Washington's great season in the Pac-12, but no one is talking about this matchup. Texas, obviously, the huge win against Alabama earlier this season. How do you think it plays out tonight in New Orleans? Yeah, I actually think Texas will win this game. I actually picking Texas to win the, the national title. I think because they were in the Big 12, I think they've kind of been overlooked nationally. They were kind of forgotten about. Even with the win against Alabama when they lost to Oklahoma, I think they were kind of an afterthought. And um, I, I just think they're the best 
most balanced team in the field. With Tavondre Sweat um, at defensive tackle, I think that will that will limit Washington's running game. And if Washington is not able to run against Texas, a lot of people have not been able to run against Texas. Um, that will allow Texas's secondary to, to maybe play eight back and make Penix kind of dink and dump dump it up the field against them. I don't know if they can sustain that the entire game. And the other thing with Washington, you know, you look at the the two games against Oregon, middle of the season, at the end of the season, Washington was dynamic. They they beat Oregon both games. Um, But Washington went from being um, over a touchdown underdog against Oregon, um, and, and now they're basically a field goal underdog. The Texas. I mean, I don't. I don't know what really changed there. And you look at the six games between those two games against Oregon. Washington looked very pedestrian. They won all six games by ten points or less against some teams they should have had no trouble with: Arizona State, Washington State, Stanford. So I just think Texas is more balanced. I think Texas can win without Quinn Ewers having its A game. Washington cannot win without Michael Penix having his A plus game. I. I. I... I agree. I mean, and then, and if you've, for anybody who's seen Texas in person, you're like, wow, that looks different. Now, they've been impressive in years past, but this is, you know, they, they spent a lot of money and, and they, they kept most of their dudes. And then they got Quentin Ewers back as well. And like, it's a, I, I, the, the loss to Oklahoma, I, what happens is I think a lot of people forget they should have won that game, right? They got cute. Yeah, and should have won that game, and it would be a completely different narrative about it. Now, also could have lost to K State at home as well. So there is they've thrown up some stinkers there, even with yours as as quarterback. It, it's it's absolutely going to be fascinating. Um, what about what about Nick Saban? And there were I was even of the thought about midseason, like eh, maybe he moves on from this, right? Because he hadn't figured out the quarterback thing, the transfer portal thing. It's like they used to be able to stack guys three deep and do their thing. Now now it's changed. Um, does this year reinvigorate Nick Saban so that we get more years than we thought possible? You know, it's funny. I've, you know, there's been speculation out there. Oh, is, is Saban going to go off into the sunset after this year? Um, it, you know, I've talked to – people here this week and you know some people have said that you know he 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 has he does perceive he has been kind of different uh, to those that are close to him uh in the program he in in some way but then i talked to other people on the staff and they're like he's given us no indication this is it uh the the dude just wants to coach football. And I know that from talking to a lot of people close to him. He wants to coach football. He does not want to go work for TV. He does not want to go play golf every day. He does not want to go sit around his house every day. He wants to coach football um, 364 and a half days a year, probably 365 days a year. I don't know what else he would do if he's not coaching football. As long as he's successful and he continues to be successful – I think he'll continue to coach for a long time. Um, obviously, it's a personal choice, but Doug, I, I, and I don't even think it's you know that he, this ignited a spark that was lost this year. I think he's really enjoying this, and he talked about it the other day. You know, people 
kind of the opposite rat poison. People were doubting Alabama for the first time in a long time. And they surprised folks. They weren't supposed to be here. This was they weren't supposed to make the playoff. They weren't supposed to win the SEC. Um, yet they've kind of taken the, the, the haters, if you will, and used it as incentive. And that's something they haven't been able to do in a long, long time. I think he's enjoyed this role um, because he hasn't. he's always been the favorite. He's always been the hunted. This year they're kind of the hunter, and he likes that. But, Doug, I, I don't think he's going to stop coaching for, for quite some time, as long as his health's there and as long as he's a He's a contender in the playoff, and if you're going from a 14 playoff to a 12 team playoff that they've basically made every year, he's going to be a lock to make that playoff. So I think he'll be with us for a while. Last one for me: Bulls don't matter, but it sure seemed to matter to Ryan Day at Ohio State on Friday for how bad that turned out against Missouri. Uh, seemingly at some sort of crossroads, what what do you think happens? Uh, Ryan Day is going to stay, but do you see a shakeup on his staff at all? What changes do you see in Columbus? No, I mean they were, you know, they were down to the third string quarterback. Their offensive MVP wasn't playing. I mean that, you know, I it's, I talked to Chris Jenkins, Michigan's defensive tackle, and asked him if he watched the Cotton Bowl, and he said, yeah, and he said that's not the team we faced, you know, in November. And he said, even though you know I'm a hater and and they're the rivals, he goes, I even I even felt bad for them. You know, that wasn't the team. Um, they they've got to figure out something at quarterback. I mean, they've got talent everywhere all over the field. Um, they were just – they were depleted, you know. I mean, not to the extent of, a, of uh, Florida State, but that was not the same team that, that played all season. I don't think there's going to be a massive overhaul. You may see, see some tweaks here or there, but I don't think one game without, um, you know, your top two quarterbacks and without your, your, you know, your entire offense and Marvin Harrison is going to cause mass, a massive overhaul. But they do have to find an answer at quarterback. Well, Brett, enjoy the Rose Bowl, uh, even though we kill the Rose Bowl, right? There's no more Pac-12, so there's no more real Rose yeah. Bowl. But there is a game at the Rose Bowl, which is just an iconic spot. And, of course, it starts at 5 Eastern. Can't wait to read and hear your work on it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's my guy, uh, Brett McMurphy. He's he's an Oklahoma State alum as well. And, like, this is the perfect example. Like, Oh, when, when Texas A&M was in the Big 12, it's always fun to be Texas A&M because they spend like three times the money. And, you know, they put 95 back then. Now it's 100-something fans, 1,000 fans in Kyle Field. And Oklahoma State had great success against them uh, when they were in the Big 12. So there's nothing bad about beating A&M. But I'm watching that game in the – was it the Texas Bowl? I, I honestly don't even know the name of the bowl. And you're like, they got a fourth-string yeah. quarterback. They got three scholarship wide receivers. One gets hurt early, and you're like, like this is, it's not a foot. It, it's an embarrassment if you lose and most of your guys play. It doesn't give you any sort of sense of the season of sport. And I understand A and M's season was an abject disaster. Coach got fired. It would have been bad no matter if there was nil. No nil was portal. Doesn't portal. Your coach gets fired. But it just it wasn't that much fun. Sure. I, I love the Bulls. You and I have had Bulls discussions for years. I have not cared one iota. No. Like, it is, it is, I yeah. mean, even, yeah, we, we, even Friday. I, I, how I do people bet on this thing? I have no how idea. Do you, how do you bet? Because the reason they still exist is because people bet on them. Yes. How do we, how do you bet when you have no idea I don't know. who's playing? And it's funny, too, because actually, you know, Brett mentioned the Bulls being moved to the beginning of the season. Like, the Bulls that I think that are going to be hurt the most if they end up going away and trimming it down, 
would would be like a ReliaQuest Bowl, which was formerly the Outback Bowl. I just don't see these teams that miss out on the playoffs wanting to play in these bowl games. Like I can understand some group of five squads, you know, maybe some up and coming programs playing in lesser bowls, but I just yeah, it just to me is not sustainable. You've got to figure out a different way to do it. Well, I mean, ESPN owns most of them, so who knows what's going to happen there if they're going to continue on. Uh, I would guess that in the next NIL contracts, it'll be, you know, there'll be backloaded sort of deals. And they're already backloaded, be even more backloaded. But I don't know what, what that does to, to, to players. I mean, the whole thing is fascinating and infuriating all at the same time. But the, the other parts of the bowl game, which people don't really realize, is it it's a fundraiser. It's a recruiting tool, right? You, the reason they have all these bowl games in Texas and schools like playing them is their alums are there, but also that's where the players are, and they can have open practices and recruit, you know? Same thing with the, the, the bowls in Florida. And half the teams end their season with a win, which makes you feel good. And a lot of that is kind of eliminated. The vehicles are all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The show is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQS. I'm Doug Gottlieb. He's Dan Byer. We're in for Dan, the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. How concerned should you be if you're a Dolphins fan right now? We'll discuss next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peacock app. Stan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. Dan Byer, I'm Doug Gottlieb. And for Dan and the Danettes today. So, um, remember the team that scored 70 points and the one with Tyreek Hill and Tuatunga Vailoa, now they're on hard knocks the middle of the year, which is actually really, really entertaining. Uh, kind of feels like they're a mess. But, I mean, like, listen, we were talking about lots of teams that are a mess, Dan Byer. Um, this was... This is Jim Harbaugh. Of course, team laid 63 on the Dolphins. Uh, summing up the win. I'm not sure I've seen a more impressive uh, performance this season up to date. And obviously, we have a lot more to do. we got a lot of work to do in front of us. But it's a mature football team, and they understand that. And they understand week to week that it's a, it's a one-week challenge. And I just think the way they've approached every single game this year, from the beginning on through, Adversity, travel, quality of opponents we've had to play, to step up and play the way they had and put an exclamation point on it, triple exclamation points on it with a performance like this. It just it says about who, who they are, and I just have so much respect for them. Yeah. I, John Harbaugh I, should be happy. Yeah, I mean, his team was awesome. Yeah, and also, when you look at what their week was, short week, cross-country, after the 49ers, like that's that's the hat trick right there. There was that whole narrative last year on how teams played after they played San Francisco. Remember, like nobody won a game the week after you played the 49ers. So not only did the Ravens play the 49ers, they beat them in their yard and had to travel cross country on a short week. That game was Christmas night. So it's a Monday night and they come back and they play like that. The Dolphins just had the you know, shorter trip from Miami to Baltimore and an extra day of rest and to be able to prepare. I mean, jeez. My goodness. The Tua thing is fascinating, though, right? I mean, obviously didn't play well yesterday. Not the only reason that they that they got Molly Womp, but threw a couple of picks. And remember, you know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They got to figure out what they want to do with, with Tua. And everyone said he's a great fit for how they're playing. And then there's... You know, there's conversation over is he good? Is he just a good fit for how they're playing? And this this thing could go bad in a hurry, especially now that you're losing defensive players to injury. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it was funny when we were talking with Charles Robinson a little bit earlier, and he just pointed out the success against a Vic Fangio defense. I, I think that that's that's more of you know more of the problem. I I, I would be shocked if they moved on from Tua in any sense. I believe that he's not only their quarterback, he's their quarterback of the future. I believe that they can make it that they believe that they can, you know, go to great play, great places with him as their quarterback. But it's just I don't think it's I mean you need you need something from your defense. You can't be giving up 60 burgers. I mean, just it's not going to happen. Can't do it. No, it's not, not. I mean, you, you can't. And it's interesting, right? That's the team that 
that had the Broncos gave up 72. Speaking of Vic Fangio, this is his former team. Um, with a defense that he he built a couple years ago, but you know, what and, there, a, and there was something what a performance. Else. Yeah, there was something else with yesterday. Remember last year when they played, and the Dolphins came back into the crazy comeback. Like I think that Baltimore remembered that. Like we aren't gonna have this crazy Dolphins comeback anymore. Um, you know, we're gonna beat them fifty six to nineteen. That's what it's gonna be. We're not gonna watch them score. You know, twenty eight unanswered or whatever it was. And they laid the hammer down, and yeah, a statement. And that was a statement game for both. Like there was a lot at play for Miami, even though you don't have Raheem Mostert. Um, you know that was he was not the difference in the game, or no Jalen Waddle. But um, even at full strength, Miami doesn't win that game yesterday. You know what's interesting is we've we've gone through so many different games and topics. We haven't brought up the. Can you believe the Rams are nine and seven? Like we were all at Rams camp, and they didn't really know what they had, right? Correct, correct. Like if you asked them, like, yeah, I don't really know. Talk about Stafford last year retiring. You know, now you got now you have two star wide receivers, but their ability to find a way to put things together has been again. And you have to when you when you put these shows together, Dan, as you know, and I think people like what do most people care about talk about, and we'll we'll circle back to what what happened in Dallas over the weekend, what happened in Philadelphia over the weekend, how it has affected the Niners getting home field advantage and having a couple of weeks off to stay rested and and healthy and all those other things. But I you know, I I cannot undersell how impressed I am by what the Rams have been able to do this season with that roster. So so good. One of the one of the yeah. I one they of the were selling us something. Collect- for sure. I did too. I was like, come on, man. Like, let's just be honest. You can win four or five games. With Dan Byron, I'm Doug Gottlieb. It's the Dan Patrick Show. Who's the biggest threat to the Niners? We'll discuss next. On Fox Sports Radio. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 